Hi, we're your hosts, Lorraine Spindler and Lori Subat, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Leasing Out Loud, episode number 34 with your hosts, Lori Suba and Lorraine Spindler. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We are thrilled this week to welcome Darcy Brown of Enright Capital to the show this week. Excited to have you here, Darcy. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. We're going to chat with Darcy about development, construction costs. Now, we've seen so much in the media through COVID of how it's disrupted supply chains and the cost of lumber. I know you guys don't build your commercial buildings with lumber, but costs have increased and just curious how that has impacted a developer like Enright. Yeah, I think this is a great topic, Lorraine. We're seeing this across the board. So obviously, construction timelines a little slower these days. We're seeing even on the furniture supply. So supply chains are taxed with everything that's going on with COVID. So I'm really interested to learn more, Darcy, today from your perspective on what you see on the development side and what that means for your business. Yeah, hot topic. So before we get started, I want to introduce Darcy. I know many of our listeners know who he is. They know who Enright is. But for those that don't, Darcy Brown has worked with Enright for the last three and a half years. He started in property management, which is a fantastic place to start in the industry. That gives you really valuable experience. And then a couple of years ago, shifted into the leasing team over at Enright. Enright Capital was founded and is led by David Forbes and Patrick McFetridge. And when I think of entrepreneurial in Calgary, I always think of Enright. They're involved in real estate projects at all stages of the life cycle here. And at a high level, Enright co-invests with institutions and high net worth individuals on investment and development projects in multiple asset classes. So office, industrial, and retail projects. Currently, they are predominantly focused on the industrial market in Calgary. So Darcy, we're so happy to have you. If you can give us a little info, you know, in your leasing and marketing role with Enright, kind of the different tasks that keep you busy day to day and would love to highlight a few projects that Enright has on the go, like actively working on, but we know that you've broken ground on a couple other ones. So would love to hear more. Sure. Well, first off, thanks to both you and Lori for having me on today. Certainly excited to be here. As mentioned, I've been with Enright for the past three and a half years. I've started in property management. My involvement at this point, as you may know, when it comes to leasing and development, it seems to change from day to day, various <laughs> different tasks, but mainly involved with leasing and marketing of our new buildings on the same team as Dave Forbes. Requires a lot of work on costing and budgeting of our build-outs for our prospects and consistent communication with our contracts to understand where prices are at or mm. potential unique items for build-outs and whether I'm calling an electrician, our mechanical contractor, or our main contractor who subs out to these guys, just trying to compile as much of that information as possible so that we can reduce our risk and provide as competitive rates as possible to the brokers for their clients. Great. Currently, mainly occupied with Plane 68 and HF11. Plane 68 is a two-building, single-phase project in the southeast of Calgary, just over 200,000 square feet. And HF11 is industrial condos in the south-central area of the city on a former meat plant site that was demolished and we constructed there. 
recently re-became 100% leased at airport crossing phase one and two. So that's reduced a bit of the leasing load there. But in the meantime, we've broken ground on phase three of airport crossing, which is a 172,000 square foot multi-bay building for larger tenants directly on Deerfoot. When you're driving by to the north, you can see it on your right side there, as well as projects that we're pretty excited about, Canal 108, which is industrial building on the southeast alongside Stony Trail. Very That's cool. great, Darcy. You guys have some really good-looking buildings, some nice projects, but I think you guys are also pretty unique in that your projects are, some of them are condo bays where you sell them, but you also have buildings that you lease. You're not one or the other. You've got quite a diverse offering. Yeah, diverse offering for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't necessarily comment on the decision-making there. I wasn't really involved a couple of years ago when they acquired the site, you know, maybe on the property management side, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's a popular product for local owner users to build mm-hmm. some equity and own their own real estate and not having to necessarily be a quote-unquote property manager. They can own a small portion or fractional ownership of that building and work together with the rest of their owners. And obviously there's a market for that in that South Central location. As I understand it, Dave and Patrick made a decision there. And so far, we're pretty happy with the results and Mm -hmm. appreciate the compliment on the building. We've heard that repeatedly and we're pretty happy with how it turned out. That's exciting. Well, it sounds like you're keeping busy and I'm with you on the leasing (laughs) front. Every day's a new day, right, Darcy? It's not the same thing. No cookie cutter and leasing. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Lori. It certainly fits my ADHD brain quite well (laughs) to keep me occupied and doing new things all the time. I know that after several years in property management, as you said, it was a great learning experience, but I quickly noticed that the, I won't call it repetitive nature, but, you know, Mm -hmm. constant reporting and not really an end point in Mm -hmm. sight was difficult for me and my purpose and and my values individually. So Mm -hmm. having this end date, I kind of equate it to being back in grade school or high school or university. You get to the end of a semester or the end of a school year and you finish and you start something new. And Mm -hmm. that was always exciting for me. I look forward to a finish line and I can, you know, it's similar to lease deals. You look forward to that finish line. It's never over, obviously. You help your clients and the brokers and your Mm -hmm. colleagues and the property management team throughout the process as much as we can. But it's exciting to finally finish that deal and try to look for the next one. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a self-confessed deal junkie. So I love (laughs) trying to fit all the pieces together and bring parties together for a successful outcome. And you're right. There's an end to it. You know You've completed the task. People are happy. They're excited. They want to move in, set up their business for success. I love that part of the business too. It's one of my favorite things. You have a bang on. And I think originally way back when I moved to Calgary, I did a lot of residential leasing. And now with this is I find a lot of joy or satisfaction in win-win solutions. And whether it was finding someone a house or a space to operate their business from, typically people are quite excited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's hiccups throughout processes and something as complex as commercial lease deals, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of pride, I think, that we take at Enright, and that's why I'm able to stick along and be so committed is having happy tenants and making sure that they got exactly what they expected as opposed to over-promising and under-delivering. Totally. It's so critical. Those win-win solutions are a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so important. So Darcy, we alluded to it at the intro of the podcast here. We've been hearing lots of buzz in the media about how COVID has disrupted supply chains and then also increased costs. We're hearing about delays to get material and then the rising costs for lumber, steel. We've heard a bunch of these have went up. So for you with active developments and you've got your performas and how has this impacted your developments over the past 18 months? And with this impact, has the cost increase peaked 
or do you expect more to come? That's a good question. I'm sure if we're at the peak, my gut tells me that we are, but I've probably been saying that to myself for the better part of a year now, thinking that <laughs> the supply chain would figure itself out. And then you have different instances of the canal that was blocked and things like that, that just mm-hmm. add more and more to it combined with increased demand for construction materials. Seems to be, like you said, a constant topic of conversation, I think inside and outside the office. You said you see it in the media. And now, at first we saw it with steel and lumber, that the obvious one was lumber as we all build decks and things like that in summer. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're talking, you know, people are writing articles about what you see at the grocery store or used car prices, everything. None of us are immune to it. Obviously a part of life now. The large increases you mentioned we saw were steel and lumber for construction materials, at least at first, initially. There's been lots more since then. It's hard to keep up with them all, so I wouldn't really be able to name them. Mm-hmm. But lucky for us, we don't, as you mentioned, use a lot of lumber. But the steel costs are very impactful to our improvement for tenants or our build-outs as our demising walls between tenant spaces in these brand new buildings are built with steel studs. And they're obviously mm-hmm. quite large in warehouse buildings, mm-hmm. being 200 plus feet long and right. you know, 28 feet high. They can range anywhere from sixty dollars to $80,000 in price, depending on which location we're, we're building at. Wow. So one of the things we've done to try to combat this was bulk ordering and pre-ordering of material. Uh, we're lucky to have a contractor that does all of our TIs that we've worked with for several years mm-hmm. that we consider part of our team. And he has very close relationships with suppliers. And when cost increases have been looming, he's let us know. And we've made a couple of bulk orders of material. Luckily, having empty bays in these large warehouses, we have places to store them mm-hmm. and can then leverage them in the future. You know, I think recently we spent close to a half a million dollars on drywall and steel studs knowing we would build them, you know, obviously based on recent leasing velocity and wouldn't have to have any increased costs for our clients for a few more months in the hopes that those costs would come back down. They haven't yet, but obviously yesterday's lower prices are better than tomorrow's high prices. Right. If all else remains equal. Absolutely. Well, and it's also a speed to market thing too, Darcy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking as well, and that might be exactly where you're going with this, but I was just going to say like speed to market, like having those resources at the ready to complete the build outs, that has to be very helpful as well in terms of your leasing efforts. No, absolutely. That was kind of what I was going to lead into was build out time. Pre-ordering those materials allows us to get started right away when we receive these permits. And mm-hmm. typically we have floor plans ready and submitted for building permits quickly. So obviously those lead times increases the time it takes to build out a shelf space. We used to quote when I started in leasing in early 2020, right before COVID. So mm-hmm. when I started for six months there, we'd be quoting about 60 to 90 days at phase two of airport crossing. Standard was 90. We could hit 60 if we needed to expedite for a tenant's timeline. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's no matter what, 90 days, and we're creeping up closer to 120 days in terms of time from the point a lease is executed mm-hmm. through to occupancy. Obviously, we're always trying to accommodate potential tenants that have strict deadlines. So we've gotten creative a few times with maybe some early warehouse access or you know storage of materials so they're not getting delivered to the former site and then having to be relivered to a new site. So we try to accommodate and flex to brokers and tenants to make a deal happen, but we're trying to, as I mentioned earlier, avoid over-promising and under-delivering mm-hmm. and missing these dates, which we've seen a couple times recently. And that's why you heard me say that 90-day numbers now at 120. This timeline has just seemed to grow further and further as this pandemic has dragged on. And while that's happening, what we're seeing on the tenant side, so in terms of tenant rep, a lot of our tenants are not necessarily building in enough time for their build out. So it's like the perfect storm, Darcy, because 
It takes a long time for the buildouts to happen, but a lot of folks were putting their decision-making on hold with everything that was happening with COVID and not sure what their business was going to look like, what the world was going to look like, and so left things quite late. And I don't know if you're seeing this, you know, on your side in terms of the leasing interests that you've got. A lot of folks do not leave themselves enough time for a full build. Like, it's just... We need the space tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you're certainly right. And that's come up a few times recently where we've been asked about show suites because we leased the show suite we had at Plane 68. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the midst of planning another, even with only a few days left, knowing, hey, that might be the difference between getting a deal or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, they're leaving space. I can't really comment on the past, but my gut tells me that that is probably a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Lori and Lorraine, obviously, as brokers, yeah. mm-hmm. you can comment on that further from your past experiences. I've only done it here at Enright, mainly during COVID. But I would think that it is typical for, you know, and it's not any fault of the tenants, in in my opinion. They just don't understand what it takes to build out a space or building permits used to take 15 business days. Mm -hmm. Now we're, you know, approaching 30, Mm -hmm. things like that, or space planning, working drawings, ordering of materials, even just the final little pieces that required for occupancy and fire alarm inspections, things like that. A tenant may not take into account and think, well, you know, I could build my basement out or finish the interior of my house out in 60 days, that part. Why can't we get that here? Just get a crew in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just get a crew in. (laughs) And then compacting that even further is obviously the demand and the leasing velocity we've seen in 2021. Right. There isn't just a crew ready to go at all times. And we have crews going on all sorts of bays all over the city at all times. But Mm -hmm. there's obviously bottlenecks throughout Mm -hmm. the process, whether it comes to inspections or no certain trade has to go in after the other, but they're busy at a few other bays. And you can only bring in so many people who are reliable help that mm-hmm. will build things the right way. That things aren't hidden behind walls or things like that. You have to have your trusted contractors, yeah. especially yes. in a market like this where things get busy. There might be a temptation to look for someone else yeah. to accommodate those needs, but there's probably some risk that's associated with that, ensuring that you are delivering on what you need and being loyal to your current contractors that have served you so well for so long. For sure. Well, Lorraine and I are on a bit of a mission, Darcy. We are very much focused on trying to educate people in terms of the timing it takes, because I think you're exactly right. A lot of folks don't understand, no fault of theirs. They have their business and they know their business as well and just may not fully appreciate all of the idiosyncrasies that go into building out a space and what that entails. So we're definitely on a mission. I'm glad you brought it up because it's very topical. We're hearing that not just from development, not just from landlords, designers, architects, construction, GCs, they're all saying the same thing. It's just taking time. Yeah, it's a common theme and there's factors outside of their control. Like Darcy, you were talking about like city permits, Mm -hmm. insurance certificates these days are taking weeks. So just so many components that they're not necessarily thinking about and not things that they can control. Well, yeah, it goes back to, I think, somewhat relates to what I mentioned about HF11 and, you know, why there might be some local buyers for industrial condo bays and that'd be interested in fractional ownership is that real estate isn't their core business. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily what they're always thinking about. It's an easy example from an economics class is just, you know, widgets. They sell widgets. Right. They don't think <laughs> about the building. They don't think about no. makeup air requirements or if they have X amount of forklifts, what does that do to ventilation? And mm-hmm. lots of different yeah. examples that just don't come to mind for a business owner that is very intelligent and very mm-hmm. successful, but of course, real estate is yeah. just such a small piece of what they do. So mm-hmm. I think your mission of educating your clients <laughs> and anyone you can is a great one at that because the more information people are armed with, the better and more informed decisions that they can make. Well, thanks for being a part of the education process here, Darcy. <laughs> So we've been talking about price increases, how you've 
went about mitigating some of that risk, some bulk ordering that's really smart. Then you've got materials even ready to go. How is this impacting your future developments? And what about rental rates? Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely involved on the development side, obviously included in it at times. Mm -hmm. It's necessary to, to educate or communicate with the market and brokers. But I think it's obvious that there's been hesitations for development organizations or institutions to commence some newer planned projects in the midst mm-hmm. of a pandemic that we've never really seen anything like before. I think we've remained bullish on industrial real estate throughout the pandemic. Combination of land costs in Calgary, lending compared to Toronto and Vancouver mm-hmm. that are quite competitive in combination with a skilled workforce and our strategic location. I think it makes Calgary a great location for business in Western Canada. Agreed. That's great, Darcy. Obviously, and rights an entrepreneurial organization in Calgary, just like we are. Calgary's a great place to do business. You've got some great developments underway right now. Where do you see rental rates going in terms of your projects? Are you seeing an increase, decrease, stable? You know, that's a great question. Obviously, being under construction on two large bay buildings at Airport Crossing, as well as Canal 108, you'd want to see them trending in the upper direction, Mm -hmm. which is what Mm -hmm. we've certainly seen in 2021, or at least a revival back to where we were pre-pandemic and Mm pre-COVID. For the few years prior to that, rental rates on the industrial side were trending upwards. COVID, I wouldn't say it hurt them, it just made them quite difficult to interpret at times to Mm -hmm. know what are all the intricacies of the deal that was done on that space. Is it a desperate landlord or is it a a landlord that really likes the covenant with that tenant. Mm-hmm, so many different right. factors at play there. But obviously, 2021 has really shown us what the industrial market is capable of in Calgary. I think CBRE's recent Q2 report cited just over 4 million square feet of lease and sale transactions mm-hmm. through 2021. Mm-hmm. So it was the largest back-to-back quarter that we've seen in 15 years. Yeah. And we have a vacancy rate in industrial space of 4.7%, which is the lowest since 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I took it completely at face value, but I remember having a conversation with a broker at the start of the summer with a bit of a fear of running out of space. Mm-hmm. I thought about it further afterwards, and I think maybe he was referring to some you know, Class A industrial space, which is sure, what we're right. typically involved in, but you know, space that could accommodate their multinational clients that mandates from different cities that would be suitable for their business. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of development going on right now, and we're involved in that and always looking for different opportunities. But no, as you mentioned, we've talked previously about costs rising, rates seem to be mm-hmm. slowly rising. It takes a bit to really figure that out to see if that is the trend or if it's just a blip or an outlier on the radar. Mm-hmm. We're always kind of trying to flex and customize spaces to suit end users' needs. And at times, we get some pretty customized requests from brokers or potential tenants. And if we think it will help us secure a tenant, we like to do everything we can to accommodate their needs. We look at these shelf spaces as empty canvases and invite tenants to create what they want and need based on what their organization requires Mm -hmm. and what their budget can allow for. Recently, we completed a bit of a complex transaction where a tenant was able to lease out a couple extra shelf spaces that were adjacent to their new space with the option to give up those bays in the future, depending on their needs. They had a bit of what we call a COVID bump Mm -hmm. in their business due to the industry they're in. So understanding where they were going and what type of warehouse space they required was quite difficult. And due to the empty building we had, we were able to work out a bit of a creative transaction where they might be able to release that space back to us in the future at no cost to the landlord in the interim 
because we're not investing any money into that space for them to leverage it. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't personally involved in that one, but it was one I kind of watched from the side that certainly looked tricky from start to finish, even (laughs) when it comes to calculating a commission on it afterwards. How do you work that out? There's lots of different pieces to it, but it was impressive on the part of our clients to allow something like that. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard to think outside the box there Mm -hmm. and work like that, but without creative brokers and our clients and that team effort, we would never be able to move that deal across the line. Creativity is key when it comes to Mm -hmm. leasing, especially when the market conditions can be a bit challenging, whether that be challenging because the inventory is limited or the specific requirements of the tenant are so specific that they need certain build out certain requirements that part is critical for getting deals done if you're you know this is the way we've always done gee that's a hard way to go <laughs> you know yeah. or just looking yeah. within a very narrow view it can be really hard to come up with creative solutions and i think that's why you guys are seeing the success that you are at right is that you're able to get creative with your deal structures and focus, like you said earlier, on those win-win solutions. I think that's really imperative for success. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think wouldn't be possible, obviously, without Dave Forbes's creativity. And mm-hmm. you called yourself a deal junkie earlier. I would <laughs> I would suspect have, he is I too. may or may not have used that yeah. <laughs> term about him in the past or heard it from others. And yeah. you know, that helps a lot. And it helps myself and having confidence out there in communicating with brokers or mm-hmm. prospects. I remember early on when I started leasing side, going to different brokers that I'd met and asking for advice. And I have to take some of it, I won't say with a grain of salt, but you know, one of the mm-hmm. pieces of advice I got was, you know, the answer is always yes. But obviously on the landlord side with our clients, I have to watch what I say <laughs> yes to. It's a yeah. little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing, I can't speak from being a broker, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing with a broker of setting realistic expectations yes. um, because it's just going to be a better <laughs> management or use of your time and the client. So mm-hmm. I... I'm quick to try to keep the answer positive at times, but careful mm-hmm. to not, as I've stated a couple of times, overpromise on something I can't deliver because I don't want to lead someone on to something that's not possible, which actually reminds me that I would say Larray is excellent at that. I am always oh, trying you, to tour. That's the goal. <laughs> but if there's no need to tour and it's not a fit, we're not just going through those buildings, which is such a great use of valuable mm-hmm. time for everybody, which is a compliment to yourself, Larray. Oh, thank you so much, Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. I know this is so valuable for our listeners. I certainly think of entrepreneurial, nimble, creative when I think of Enright. So that's just a testament to you guys. That's very kind of you to say. I appreciate the kind word. So like always, we love to hear your feedback, your comments, your questions. If you have any ideas for us on future topics for our podcast episode, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at hello at scoutrealestate.ca or also on our LinkedIn profiles. And join us next episode for the latest and greatest in commercial real estate here in YYC. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.